Good afternoon, everybody. Stephen Oshansky here with the State News Sports Podcast, bringing you along on a Friday afternoon. And I'm alongside Casey Harrison, as always. And Hello. You know, Casey... You had a crazy trip to Duke, and we're going to talk about that when you come back. We don't even get me started. <laughs> you know you know what went wrong. I know yeah, what went wrong. But. Exactly. Um, yeah, we're also talking today, you know, with football being over, is anybody still intrigued by the Big Ten title game? Michigan State not in it for the first time. Uh, what? Last year they were in it. 2013 they were in it. This is the, what, three of, they won three of six prior to this year. So this is one of the first every other years without Michigan State, and it continues that trend. You know, our fans around here still intrigued by the matchup with Penn State and Wisconsin. We'll get into that. Casey, we'll also talk, we'll talk some Duke basketball today and how Michigan State just kind of got... Great know, game but, by Coach K, <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> oh, boy. The Cameron Crazies, they came out, they supported their team, did an absolutely fine job. And who, who are those Spartans? Who, who is M- where is MSU even Casey, at? Casey gets one taste of North Carolina, and he's gone forever. So we'll, we'll get into that. But Casey, you know, this thing keeps nagging at me. You know, with football season being over, with Michigan State with the dismal three and nine season, and good are riddance, you still right? in what? Good riddance, right? Oh yeah, <laughs> put that one to rest for a long time, and you know, probably drink a pint of whiskey with it in probably about ten minutes, you know, type of thing. Um, you know, exactly. You're tipping the bottle over there, exactly. And you know, are you intrigued at all this weekend with Penn State and Wisconsin? Yeah, I'll be tuning in. I mean, now, now explain to me why, because I don't, I don't agree with your point, and I just kind of want to eviscerate you once I, you give me your your uh, your stance here. So go for it. I mean, it could still shape the college football playoff if, for whatever reason, um, if for whatever reason Washington gets upset, then I I really think that the next in line is a Big Ten team, um, and I, I'm not even can. I'm not even convinced right now that Washington could beat a team like Wisconsin or maybe even Penn State. I think Washington is the best team um, in between the two playing in the Big Ten championship. But I, I think you could make a case for Wisconsin to play in this game, especially if they win. And if they blow out Penn State, then I, I would be on that wagon to put the Badgers in the college football playoff. Now, now are, you, are you watching this game purely because you hate Michigan? No, you'd want to no see I'm watching somebody. this because this is, I mean, you're going to get a good game out of it. The line right now is Wisconsin's only favored by three. Mm-hmm. And this is going to so be a quality game to watch. I mean, you, you like this game from a football fan standpoint. Yeah. I, I don't really care that it doesn't have to be necessarily it, a, a Big Ten blue blood to play in this game to make it a good game. And I was looking at some numbers earlier, and I, I had a thesis that turned out to be wrong. Um, because in 2014, when Ohio State and Wisconsin were in the Big Ten Championship, I thought for sure that the numbers were going to be way up compared to last year against mm-hmm. Iowa and Michigan State. Mm-hmm. Um, but in 2014, only about 6.1 million people tuned in. And last year, almost 10 million tuned in. You said 1.6 million? Or 6.1, I'm sorry. I was going to say, geez. That's, that's my fault. That's some vocal dyslexia there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, that... I mean, I, I would have thought it would have been completely the other way around because I didn't think anybody would have really cared about the MSU-Iowa matchup. But, hey, what do I know? Um, but but I, to me, it just doesn't have any sex appeal. I, I mean, I look at it as it's Penn State, who I hate, with a burning passion. I mean, do, do you think the Big Ten of, Championship was played last Saturday? I don't want to see... Do I think so? Yeah, yeah, I think those are the two best teams in the Big Ten. I mean, look, Michigan beat both, Penn State and Wisconsin. I mean, Ohio it, State fell on a, a blocked field goal, which doesn't happen very often. And 
look, to me, Ohio State has the better resume than Penn State. Michigan had a better resume than both Wisconsin and Penn State. I mean, you didn't win your division, so it's hard for me to put Michigan in the college football playoff. And I'm not going to argue that they should be the fourth team in because they're not going to be. And I don't think the other two Big Ten teams should be. I mean, that's pretty remarkable, though, on Penn State, or not Penn State, Ohio State side, that they're not even the best team in their division, mm-hmm. and they're getting into the college football playoff. Well, that's because and the conference champion that. isn't going to go to the college well, football playoff? People, people look at that Penn State game as, I mean, Ohio State dominated up and down in every statistical category. Penn State was the better, or Ohio State was the better team that game. Yeah, and, but, but look, to me, like, I, I mean, I don't like Penn State at all. I from that scandal and the way their fans act and other things. I, to me, seeing Penn State play for anything, just makes me sick to my stomach because I hate Penn State and a lot of things that they did. And it, and maybe you know the program's moved on. And I mean, great coaching job by, you know, James Franklin. But yeah, I, I just on principle, I I can't stomach Penn State. And so one thing, I mean, that one turns me off as well. And I I don't want to see Penn State ever have a chance to lift a trophy. And, I mean, Wisconsin, they don't play exciting football either. Like, this game is going to be your typical Big Ten grinded-out type of game that, I mean, it doesn't intrigue me. One, because neither it's Michigan State. Michigan's not in it. Ohio State's not in it. If it was Ohio State, you know, maybe Nebraska. If it was Michigan, Nebraska, I'd watch. You know, this game just has no... Appealed to me whatsoever because neither neither of these nobody outside of the state of Wisconsin and Penn State wanted these two teams in there. I mean, and so I, to me, like it offers nothing of any sort of significance to me. Like you, you look at the game, it might shape the the college football races, but if Washington wins out, they're going to stay in. There's no way they're going to drop them because if Washington, you know, goes if they put them at four this week and then Washington wins by let's say a touchdown or more. It, you're going to tell me that they're going to be dropped because Wisconsin beat Penn State 49-17? to 17? I, I, I can't see that, especially with the committee doing the rankings like they did last weekend. If anything, they, they would move Michigan up because they're all about those ratings. And so the committee, you know, it, it sickens me a little bit that um, you know, the committee is all about those ratings. And I, maybe I'm just a little disaffected with football because maybe Michigan State was that bad. But, they, I mean, I, I, I'd rather have watched the Iron Bowl last weekend than Michigan State-Penn State. And so, you know, this game, I, I, mean, I just think it's a, it's an ugly matchup that, that, frankly, no one cares about. And I, I, I don't care about it. And whoever wins, I mean, you know, if it's Penn State, yeah, it makes me a little sick. But, you know, at the end of the day, I'm not going to care too much. I mean, I think purely from a college football fanatic standpoint, uh, it doesn't, it it's, doesn't the most exciting, you, it's the most exciting championship game this weekend. I mean, it's six versus seven. It's the closest in terms of the spread. Yeah, but do those teams actually, the way they play football, excite you at all? I, I mean, Wisconsin has that. It's, it's the typical Big Ten sturdy defense. I mean, they don't, they don't really have no, much finesse through the air. All no, they do is run the ball because they don't have, have a, big names. They don't have a nameable quarterback. Neither of these teams are going to end up in the college football playoff. It, 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 I mean, it just to me, looking at it, just it's just ugly. I I, <laughs> I I don't know. Like you said, I, I feel like I mean, if there's Wisconsin... No, there's no championship matchups that are, are, are very good at all, though. If Wisconsin blows you out 49-17 to 17 and, was, and was Washington comes out winning by a field goal, I mean, I think Which, that kind of makes like, a statement. Who's, who's got two losses? I, I mean, you're right. Uh, and Wisconsin if we value does. wins over losses, not, no, you lost to two top whatever teams... And but you won eleven games and you won your conference, uh, good for you. But also a, a team with one loss won its conference as well. So if Colorado pulls the upset, though, I mean, 
do you make a case for a Big Ten team getting in then? Yeah, you'd probably take the Big Ten champion at that point, I guess you could say. But, I mean, you can't keep playing what-ifs. But uh, you said something a minute ago. For So for you, as being, you know, the fancy football connoisseur like, that you just, are, are I you can... watching any conference title this game or this weekend? Maybe Alabama-Florida. That one. <laughs> That's going to be a slaughter fest, though. I, I mean, SEC always plays the title games close, even when one team is better than the other. I mean, um, I, I, that, I mean, the Big Ten, maybe it's because I, I reside in the Big Ten that when it's not a team that I loathe or a team that I, um, you know, that I root for, then maybe you know, I just don't take any sort of stock in it, I guess, in a sense. But, I mean, none of those none of those championship games intrigue me at all because I don't really, frankly, care. I wish it was Alabama and, like, a good LSU team, but it's not. And it's Alabama and Florida. And Florida's played better ball the last couple of weeks, and they look a little bit better. I mean, they got curb stomped by Florida State a little bit, but... Yeah, so in I terms of TV I probably ratings, won't even watch it all, to be honest with you. In terms of ratings, do you expect this game to be way down in the dumps? Uh, I think you'll get a good amount of people from Pennsylvania to watch it. It'll probably be probably similar to Wisconsin and Ohio State, and I could see it. But, um, you know, yeah, like I said, I just I can't stomach this game. Well. I mean, but what are the other things... Um, could you stomach the scent of the uh, Cameron Crazies over at uh, Cameron Indoor Stadium on your trip to Duke, Mr. So, Harrison? There's a lot, of, a lot of body odor. That's all I can say. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm looking at these pictures, and they're physically on top of you. They're they're literally on top of me. You can see it on Twitter. Did Check you, me out they, at Cherison like, TSN. They, they give you a massage. Um, I got hit in the head multiple times by fans, you know, like trying to reach out and high-five the players, which is dumb in the first place. Uh-huh. Um, it's a really cool concept if – you're a very big college football or college basketball fan. I encourage you to go out and see a game at Duke because, it, one, it's a historical venue. Two, it's a one-of-a-kind atmosphere. I mean, I've never been to a college basketball game and seen anything quite like it. And I wasn't really aware of it until a couple of days before I left for the flight. Mm-hmm. And you, you told me about it. I'm like, oh, wow, that's cool. I didn't really put much stock into it. And then once they started letting people in, they're like, yeah, we got to get the front row. We got to get the front row. Mm-hmm. And I'm like... Oh, this is, yeah, I forgot Steven said that. And sitting in that press row, you literally could not move. I mean, I looked over at a couple of guys, um, and if you look at Chris Hilari or if you look at Graham Couch's pictures on Twitter, I mean, they're up against you. I mean, they were pressed up against you. You couldn't even stand up for the national anthem. Really? Mm -mm. (laughs) Wow. And (laughs) going throughout the game and... I don't know what it was, but they could not stand Matt McQuaid. Really? They hated Matt McQuaid. I heard so much smack talk about Matt McQuaid. And, <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's good. And he's he's been a good scorer for MSU, but I don't think he warranted any anywhere near the hate that um, he deserved. I, and, I mean, it, it only goes to show that. I mean, we talked to Miles Bridges after the game, and he said, oh, yeah, it's something that I'm used to. And, you know, I kind of embrace it because that just means – they think I'm good, and they're trying to put me down. Hmm. Um, but, yeah, uh, that game was something. And, you know, we're, we're going to get into it. We're going to sit in with uh, basketball writer Connor Clark. We're going to talk about what we liked, what we didn't, and what we saw after this. Hmm. 
Welcome back, everybody, to a Friday edition of the State News Sports Podcast. My name is Casey Harrison here. Steven's gone for the day, and here I have Connor Clark. Cut it. <laughs> He's still, still here. Get, get out of here. I'm still here. <laughs> Connor, our uh, fellow basketball writer, how's, how's it going today? Uh, fabulous. You always got to enjoy the Fridays. December, I had shorts on yesterday. I mean, granted, that's probably not the best weather. You know, it was still a little cold for people, most people wearing pants, but you know, the big guy, I got a little extra, you know, a little extra blubber, keep me warm. But rock the shorts. Gotta love it. That was one of the best things about going to Duke. I mean, it was November 29th and it was 70 and humid out. I mean, good God. I I, I almost regretted wearing pants there. I mean, it was terrible. Um, So before we get into what we saw and what we liked and what we didn't against Duke, um, we were at practice on Thursday, and Izzo said that um, Miles Bridges is going to be missing some time, uh, about two to three weeks with an ankle injury. Um, What does that mean for the team going forward? Well, I mean, it's definitely going to be tough for him because, you know, he leads them in points, leads them in rebounds. And they've kind of just used them to – they've relied on them heavily. Uh, they're kind of – their half-court offense seems really dead at times. You, know, you kind of see them. They're all kind of looking for him, you know, make the move, take the shot. Everyone knows how big of a highlight reel he can be, you know. He missed those two dunks at Duke. You know, everyone probably got on him for that. Cameron Crazy's in his face. But, you know, that's, that's definitely going to be tough for them to find. But with their schedule coming forward, it'll be nice to see that – they can find, you know, maybe an unsung hero going down. Someone's got to have to step up in the absence. Yeah, I mean, they've really kind of scraped the bottom of the bucket in terms of depth. Um, they're going to be leaning on guys like Kenny Goins to really step up his game and play forward. He can't be turning the ball over as much as he has been. Um, and guys like Van Dyke to really step up and be be a crucial part of this team going forward. The, the good thing is, I mean, they've got Oral Roberts on Saturday, and then they've got teams like Tennessee Tech, uh, I know Northeastern's coming up, Oakland, and those are all probably, I don't want to use the word winnable games, but they're games that they definitely should have the upper hand in, even without Bridges. Um, So if you want him to be injured at any time, I mean, this is probably the stretch that you want him to be injured at. Um, Right, because I mean, now you're going to be able to give some opportunities to a guy, Kyle Arns has played a little bit. Uh, you might even see them start, depending on uh, their roster spot. I mean, they're going to have to fill in, uh, you know, even more experience for the freshmen. Josh Langford, you know, they put him into the starting lineup for a couple games. Didn't really work out. Put Matt McQuaid back in. Now is where Izzo can kind of take the time and puzzle pieces lineup so that when Big Ten play comes, you know, they'll be able to insert Bridges back in there and they'll be able to play from there on out with kind of, you know, a more set game plan. It's kind of tough when you play all those great teams early on. And you're trying to figure out who you are still, and they clearly have, you know, they clearly have some bonding to do, you know, to figure out what's going on from here on out. So I guess uh, take the time now. You're home all of these games, and the only thing that you just want to see not happen is a more injuries because you're never going to want that. Uh, two is just make sure that they don't take the time off and relax and kick back because you know there are games, they're all games that they should win. I mean, no one's mistaking that, and. Uh, you know, they got to come prepared. They got to, you know, go out there and they got to play hard. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if, you know, you see them go out against Oral Roberts and, you know, the first, you know, until the first media timeout, just kind of, you know, kick it around and, you know, not pay as much attention. But they got to take it one step at a time. Uh, and they really got to, you know, mow over these teams like Mississippi Valley State. I mean, 153. Those are the kind of, these are the kind of outputs they're going to need going forward just to build some confidence, see some highlights, you know, on the team, just so you know, from, 
you know, who's going to be the guy coming off the bench, who's going to be the sixth man, seven. I mean, uh, just to see them going forward. Yeah, I expect to see guys like, you know, um, Aaron Harris and Matt McQuaid to really get their shot down to perfection, uh, get it down to like a formulaic method where they can just shoot it well. Um, because I, those are two guys, they're really going to have to rely more on perimeter shooting now um, instead of driving it in the paint. I mean, you still got Nick Ward, who's been incredible um, so far. Izzo said after Duke that he didn't really ex- even expect Ward to play at all this year. And I mean, he's, I think he probably ended up getting a starting role out of this Bridges injury because that leaves, I would probably say, Goins at four and then Ward at five. Um, but let's talk a little bit about the game on Tuesday. Um, so Michigan State loses to Duke. 0-4 against AP Top 25 teams. Is it time to start, you know, panicking a little bit? Not at all. I mean, you got eight games out of a 30-game season. A lot of time, yeah, it's troubling when you start struggling early against the Top 25 teams because you know those are the teams that you're going to have to beat come tournament time. You know, when you get into March Madness, you might see, you know, a team like that. Baylor, I mean, they were 20, but they're, you know, a surprise. They moved all the way up. I mean, they got destroyed in there. But, yeah, Duke, you know, those are the kind of programs that if Michigan State wants to throw their name in with the Dukes, the Kentuckys, and, you know, they got the recruiting class for it. But it's kind of all – it's always been the Izzo way to, you know, start a little slow, uh, you know, kind of form the culture. You know, he's big on basketball culture. Um, so I wouldn't panic – it's troubling, though, that, you know, you see you see them, you know, lose out in these big games. But, you know, you can take positives out of it. And I think a lot of positives that they have gone is at least, you know, throughout the first half and, you know, through spots in the second half is they're competing. Uh, and you can show that they're, you know, they have they have some ideas together. They're just going to need, you know, this next five games and a little in the Big Ten play just to piece it together. So I think it's there um, whether or not. There we find out if they're good enough to take on those teams will be you know yet to determine come tournament time but uh, definitely not panic time at all uh, you know you, you get frustrated but nothing to worry about. You talked about piecing together the second half a little bit. Um, I talked to Aaron Harris a little bit after the game on Tuesday and he almost seemed a little bit troubled um, when when we brought it up that the team can't finish the game and Izzo even said it in his press conference that they played 34 minutes of great basketball and in order to beat a team like Duke or win a game against a top opponent that you can't just skip out on those five minutes because when I was at that game and I saw that I mean Duke went on that almost 10 point run in about two minutes not even um that was that was the final nail in the coffin I mean you could tell that MSU wasn't really going to rebound from that, and they were they were down and out, um, and it really took the wind out of them. And that's kind of been a, a common thing that has really been hindering them. I mean, you look um, against Baylor; they they just weren't showing up for the second half, and even against Wichita State, they were running out of gas. They got enough to you know cross the finish line, but just barely. I mean, you were stumbling there. Um, that's why I think, you know, for, especially for the gas on the end, I mean, they've talked about Tum Tum being this great leader is giving him a massive praise about it, but you know, that's kind of the time where he needs to step up. And I very vividly, I, that keeps going through my head is right off the bat against Duke, you see Tum Tum's got the ball up top, you know, all trying to get in position for half court. And they see that Duke's overplaying bridges, obviously trying to deny him the ball. I mean, he's their best player. That's where it's going to happen all season long. 
and they just stood there. They were, like, frustrated. They couldn't get the ball into them. They didn't try to free them up at first. They're kind of sitting there, and, you know, when it comes down to those stretches and they go on those droughts, those scoring droughts, is when they're doing the same thing. They're trying to play one-on-one ball. There were, like, three to four times where you saw Tum Tum trying to drive the lane and do something, you know, kind of throw up a you know, you know, throw a ball over some trees down low, you know, trying to get Emil Jefferson, who had a great game, had a double-double. And those are the kind of things where they're forcing bad shots. And, I mean, you mentioned talking to Aaron Harris, and he's a big part of that. You know, they thought with his leadership, hoping he'd be more vocal and really taking a scoring, you know, jab. That's what he was – I mean, that's what he was great at at West Virginia. Last year was a different story. They didn't need him to score, but now they do need him to score, and even, even more so now without Bridges. And him choosing when to play, you know, he's had some awful games, and then he, you know, comes back and he scores 31, and then he goes – Right back to, you know, not playing well. And that's the kind of consistency, you know, that's the struggle with that. They're going to need him to be more consistent from here on out. And they're going to need him to hit those big shots. When they play team, I mean, there's going to be some games in the Big Ten with just the slug of it. They're going to have some close games. You know, even if it was like I could see, you know, maybe like Rutgers or Northwestern could even pose, you know, every now and then you're going to get a team. I mean, Iowa last year, you know, spanked them around a few times. And they're going to have those games that we're going to need somebody to – hit shots and it's gonna you're gonna have to look you know if if they can't get it to bridges your next option's got to be harris and he's got to be ready for it if not you know maybe mcquade um but that's gonna be you know a final minute scenario and it looks like that they're resorting to that way earlier when they need to continue on attacking the rim they gotta get to the free throw line more and make them they gotta go to the bucket you know you got your 30 seconds of the shot clock. You got a lot of time in basketball to make up. I mean, you saw Duke play like it was like a 12 run, something like that, in a little under two minutes. You have time to make up these points. Basketball is a game of runs that they're going to have to take it as a team through all you know all the way through. And I think right now they're resorting to you know one man hero ball too early when they don't have to. Yeah, um, talking about how it, they really could have come back from that run. Um, when I was watching that game, and I'm sure you probably saw it too, it just seems like they could not catch a break no matter what. I mean, there was foul trouble. They were turning the ball over, and that that really kind of plagued them, and that's been the tone of the season all, all year long. There's been so many things that could go their way, but it just simply doesn't. Um, and going forward, you know, I was thinking about it. Um, could you see Izzo starting a four-guard lineup? Yeah, I mean, I could even see it with, you know, Bridges being out. I could see them going a lot smaller, keeping in Kenny. I mean, they're going to have to find ways like that. It's not, I mean, that not that unpopular to go with such a small lineup nowadays. A lot of athletes can go back and forth. I mean, I could easily see, uh, you know, Tom and Cassius together, maybe, you know, Aaron, and then who you ever going to put it for. I could see them throwing Kyle in there for a while. Miles is not there. Maybe Alvin Ellis just for some, you know, other experience to throw in the mix. But, yeah, I could easily see him doing that, try to spread out the floor. I mean, one of their – I mean, they have those three-point shooters who they – you know, they keep saying that, you know, Matt McQuaid, one of the better shooters they've seen. You know, Izzo keeps mentioning that. You know, Aaron Harris to be able to knock it down. And they're going to need to find a way to build confidence that way. And I think that with these next five games is when you're going to be able to hit on those cylinders. So, yeah, they're going to have to – I think, you know – I, it wouldn't surprise me at all if you saw him, um, you know, Saturday. If you, you see four guards out there just to start with it, you know, get them all moving. Their best thing that they've done all year, all year by far, is transition. There was countless times Nick Ward just beating guys up the court against Duke, 
easy points turned to a you oh, know, Nick even Ward a, had a great game against Duke. Yeah, and it was just things like that. The small things that were the easy points. I mean, turn just the transition, easy baskets right there. Uh, you know, if you get a couple of them, next thing you know, you get four or six more points. That can weigh a lot in a big game. I mean, you know, in the high profile thing like Duke, that was with Duke and second chance points are being able to secure those rebounds. You know, they got a few, they tapped them out. You know, they tapped one around, they got one to Grayson Allen, he was able to knock it down, and Grayson Allen struggled through most of that game. And then second half, he was able to beat Kenny on a, on a layup, and, you know, that's one thing a scorer like that needs is they just need to see the ball go through the net, and he did, and then he lit it up second half. So I think that MSU would be, it'd be a positive thing for them to get some more exposure and some different looks. So I think a four-guard set would be a great thing for them going forward. So, like I said, Oral Roberts is coming up on Saturday. Um, do you really expect the Spartans to kind of lay their foot down and put the pedal to the metal and really kind of show show what they've really got? I mean, you got to think that the frustration's building up and losing or even playing these tight games. And now with this, the rest of the non-conference schedule, um, being at home and being against schools, the first three, I mean, Oral Roberts, Youngstown, and Tennessee Tech, um, all have winning percentages lower than MSU's. Um, is this a time for them to really just step on the opponent's throat? Uh, it is, but I think at the same time, you won't necessarily see that. I think they'll win by good margins. But I think what you're going to see is you're going to see a lot of trial and error with different sets, different looks. Uh, you know, it's Izzo's time to definitely experiment with different lineups. So I think that you'll see you know, a little slower in the beginning of them trying to figure things out. But once they get it, then I think, you know, second half, this is the time where they're going to have to use their motor and, you know, something that they've been lacking previously. This is the time for them to, you know, go into the locker room at halftime, maybe up, you know, seven or so points, something like that. And then just to really just take hold of the game and run from there. I think that's what they're going to have to do. Um, I mean, I don't foresee, I, you know, I don't necessarily foresee any close games, um, I mean, they, I, that's the last thing that they need is another, you know, game to eke out with, you know, their state. Um, cause although, you know, guys keep mentioning, you know, they're, they're fine and things like that. Like, it's gotta be frustrating. You go through all these mileage, you know, all the flights, all the times, you know, you're playing these great teams. You gotta be tired. It wouldn't surprise me to see them come out there and just kind of, you know, lackluster, throw the ball around. Um, but you know, we'll, you know, we'll see, um, if they truly have, you know, if they're truly there to, you know, stick it to those teams and, you know, bury them like they, you know, like they should, um, you know, then we'll, we'll really, we'll really be able to see where they actually are at as a team. If, you know, they're eager to you know, jump on them or if they're a team that's just exhausted and then needs a break and it's going to kind of, you know, lazily throw passes and things like that. So, um, this next game against Oral Roberts will say a lot about you know their health, mental, and physical going forward. And that game against the Golden Eagles tips off at 4.30 p.m. on Saturday. Um, you can stay with the State News or myself or Mr. Clark um, on Twitter or the State News website for all of your Spartan basketball needs. Um, and when we come back, Steven's going to rejoin us, and we're going to go through the uh, pick segment, the championship week edition (laughs) 
Welcome back, everybody. Casey Harrison here, and Stephen has joined us back. Stephen, how was your break? Uh, it was good. I was listening to Connor Clark, just not know what he's talking. I'm kidding. Uh, Clark did a good job, as always. Glad to have Clark here, especially to fill in, because I didn't watch the dude game, so. Wow. <laughs> Good thing you're not sports editor next right, semester. Exactly. Um, so we got a pick segment to do. It is the. I, are we even? No, there's no conference games to do anymore, so right. we can just round off the f- top five games that we see suited um, just for fire the. Them away, buddy. Yeah, for the championship games. So game number one of the afternoon. Uh, this game picks off at 8 p.m. Uh, I, I don't know what you'll be doing, Stephen. But wow. number three, Clemson, eleven and one, seven to one in the ACC, takes on number twenty-three, Virginia Tech. <laughs> uh, Clemson favored by ten. Who do you got, Clark? Oh, we're over to Clark now. Wow, wow! I see how this is. Oh, they want me back. They want me back. <laughs> I don't know what Clark's doing. I well, I guess I'm not paying attention. That's for sure. <laughs> Casey caught out of the corner of his eye. Dropping the assistant there, like Cassius, you know, off the look. But uh, <laughs> I'm the best passer here hey, since Magic. I, I, Clemson, there. There's your team. Gosh. Steven, who do you got? Uh, I will probably have a little bit of time to watch this one, all right? So, <laughs> yeah. Maybe a quarter or two. I don't know. Uh, yeah, give me Clemson to this one. I can't see Virginia Tech pulling off. I don't know why they gave them a 10-point spread. I don't, people, like, think Virginia Tech that good? Anyway, give me give me Clemson, and they'll easily keep their spot in the college football playoff. Yeah, give me the Tigers in this one. Uh, I'll take the over on 10. Um, in the Dr. Pepper ACC championship game, oh God. game number two, this one is an afternoon one. Uh, Baylor, unranked, though, taking Did you say on, ACC game? Yeah. But Baylor ain't the ACC. No, no, no. I meant, I meant like Clemson and Virginia oh, God. Tech. We, need to start over this whole thing. we we were going good, Stephen. Oh well, I'm sorry. I'm no, sorry. Just we can keep the. We can just keep going. Yeah. We can keep going. Keep going. All right, do it again. I'm sorry. Okay. Keep going. Um, three thirty. Before I was rudely interrupted by sorry. Stevens' incompetence. I'm sorry. Um, Mind is elsewhere. Baylor unranked six and five, three and five in the Big Twelve. How did they get there? <laughs> um, number sixteen, West Virginia, nine and two, six and two. Stephen, who you got? Uh, give me West Virginia in this one easily. Uh, Baylor eh, overrated as always. Give me, give me West Virginia. I mean, in a shootout, probably. Obviously, it's the Pac twelve or oh God, the Big Twelve. God, my mind is somewhere else right now, buddy. Yeah, I know where it is. Oh God. Steven, you got to step it up before you're going to be looking for a replacement soon. Oh, and we're going to have people on the phones waiting for you to be chopped. Exactly. Uh, yeah, West Virginia, I mean, I'm not a, not a big fan of this game at all. I, I don't even think I'll watch it, to be honest with you. I, it does not interest me one bit. Uh, you know, watch it be a good game, you know, just to despise me. But, yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't really. West Virginia. Yeah, I got West Virginia in this one. Uh, shouldn't really be an issue for them. Uh, game number three. This one's at 9 p.m. I know Stephen won't be able to catch this one. Uh, early bedtime. And number eight, Colorado. They could play spoiler to number four, Washington, and their college football playoff hopes in the Pac-12 championship game. Washington favored by seven and a half. Clark? Now, you get Stephen's not going to like this. Oh, no. Going with the Buffalo. Wow. Watch. Just watch this. Here's the battle. Here's the matchup that you're going to have to watch. Those corners, Colorado. Well, yeah, you'll be sleeping. But Colorado corners, they're going to lock it down. 
They're going to be able to get their <laughs> offensive end, watch some great zone read action. You know, Colorado, they came in there. They, you know, everyone's got their goal winning their conference <laughs> championship. And, uh, you know, I, I think they'll play spoiler just because they'll make everything with the couch football, you know, couch football playoff, it'll make the dynamic so much more interesting. <laughs> Thanks for uh, keeping us, you know, uh, keeping us on the air while we're over here dying. Uh, give me, give me Washington in this one. Casey, can you get it together to pick? Um, who's playing in this one? Washington, yeah. and Colorado, buddy. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm just gonna go with Colorado in this one because I'm rooting for a second Big Ten team to get oh, in there. God. Um, that's not named Michigan. You two are despicable. So give me the Buffaloes in this one. Um, game number four. This is probably the uh, most lopsided of the championship games. This is the SEC one. Number one, Bama taking on number 15, Florida. Alabama favored by a mere 24. Clark, who you got? Roll Todd. Uh, I'm taking Bama as well in this one. Florida, Florida, they're they're my boys, uh, kind of. They were when I was younger. Not really, anyway. Uh, give me Bama in this one. Uh, kind of curb stomp this one, for sure. Yeah, that was great in-depth analysis You're by Clark over there. I, oh. I was oh, talking well, about I, Clark. I, God. Mean, I was bad, too, but jeez. Uh, I mean, he was really insightful there. Um, uh, I've got Bama stuff. here. I, I can't really give you anything much about this game except for that Bama's going to stomp him, and they're going to stomp him hard. Um, which leads us to game number five, 8 p.m. on Fox, Wisconsin, favored by three. They're 10 and two and seven and two in the Big Ten, taking on Penn State, 10 and two, eight and one in the Big Ten. Steven said this game doesn't have any sex appeal. Um, but Clark, what do you think? I can't wait for this game just because when Colorado gets the W, Steven's dying over this. He just he hates this scenario. I am dying for this scenario. When that number four spot is up for grabs, I'm gonna go with Wisconsin on the win. But here's the best caveat of it all: is does the committee have the guts? Do they have the guts to honor their number one rule to be in the college football playoff, which is winning your conference championship? Do they have the guts? To leapfrog Wisconsin over Michigan and put Wisconsin in. I don't think they got the guts. We'll see. Um, God, I hate you, Clark. Anyway, um, give me Wisconsin in this one. I don't think it's. I think it's a contest, but I will take. I will. I will take the Badgers in this one. Pretty. Uh, yeah, not easily, but I'll give me give me the Badgers by a touchdown in this one. I think Corey Clement uh, was able to run on uh, Penn State and. Uh, but then again, Trace McSorley does provide a, a, a pretty big threat. But I'm going to stick with my guns in this one. Give me Wisconsin. Well, they only provide a big threat if your name is Mark D'Antonio. Oh, um, and you're, you're doing five straight play actions. Um, I got the Bucky Badgers in this one. I hope they win it big. And I hope Washington doesn't pull it out because I want to see the – uh, the chaos that is college football. You know it's going to end up with Michigan in the playoff, right? And um, then you're going to be eating so. those words. Anyway. I, 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 so like to, I would like to think that the selection committee. I like to think the selection committee has a little bit more grace than that. Uh, I don't think um, so. No, <laughs> no, no you put too much faith in them. But we've got another extra game, oh, some boy. action going oh, on. Yeah. That is 7 p.m. You can catch it on ESPN2, the Marathon TM, MAC Football Championship, number 17, Western Michigan, 12-0, 8-0 in the MAC, taking on the University of Ohio. That is 8-4, 6-2 in the MAC. Um, will Western row the boat, Stephen? Uh, I've been to Ohio University, but however, I'm going to pick the Broncos uh, in this one rather easily. Give me PJ Flex first MAC championship, and uh, 
I'm I'm not gonna row the boat because you know I don't I don't row the boat. But give me give me Western Michigan in this one. See uh, PJ Fleck in his uh, he's got some wheels on him. There's a video of him running. Holy cow! I think quick. you should suit him up. I think you know. I, well, you know, with that team, uh, Corey Davis, I think will be phenomenal in the next level. Uh, I said it a year ago, actually. Just the way that he goes on, he really attacks the ball with those hands. You know, bare paw, real, you know, squeeze the ball. Uh, but yeah, row the boat for sure. Uh, you know, I don't know they're the Broncos, but they row the boat. That's all beyond me. But you know, good for them. Can Western row the boat into the top four? No, they can't. Um, <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll put that out there right now. They put um, up 222 points. <laughs> yeah. Um, Western Michigan should take care of Ohio, no problem here. I got Western. Uh, they're favored by 17. And I think after this game, P.J. Fleck is going to row the boat all the way to Oregon to take his new head coaching wow. job. Um, Ooh, that's a hot take. So, yeah, uh, I, I think that'll do it for the pick segment, uh, and that will probably do it for the show, everybody. Steven, Clark, any final thoughts? Uh, Clark, I'll let you take the reins first. Uh, ooh, any final thoughts? Absolutely not. To you, Steven. <laughs> I've got nothing to add. Everybody enjoy their weekend. Um, oh, Steven. Casey, <laughs> Casey. Oh, God. Casey. Get it together, Sorry, son. sorry. I know Steven's going to have a great weekend. Um, I hope everybody in our lovely listening uh viewership has a great weekend as well um i'm sorry i cut you off steven Any, anything no, else no, you want to no, add i'm good all right um well we will see everybody again on tuesday have a good weekend everybody